Kirby Smart wins the SEC and continues to stack talent like he's building the next college football dynasty. Deion Sanders to Colorado has the college football world buzzing. But just wait till Travis Hunter gets there. As the QB dominoes fall, next up is the number two QB overall, DJ Lagway, set to decide this week. This is the Inside Scoop. I'm your host, Josh Newberg. Let's bring on Director of Recruiting for On3, Chad Simmons. Chad, one of Georgia's top priorities, five-star IMG Academy Edge, Samuel Mpimba, committed to the dogs on Sunday over Tennessee, Miami, and Notre Dame. Georgia is heating up at the right time, lands their first five-star in the 2023 cycle. Are they done? Uh, I'd be shocked if they're done, but definitely, I would say definitely not. They're still guys out there. I mean, obviously we've, we've hinted on, you know, Damon Wilson now getting closer, uh, on, on three over the weekend. And obviously you have Jordan Hall, a top D lineman, uh, also in Florida, like Damon Wilson, but yeah, there's other guys out there. Georgia, um, is in play with, and as, as we always expect, Kirby Spark will finish strong. How strong? Uh, stay tuned in the next couple of weeks for that. But George is far from done in this class. Yeah, they, uh, they're they going to need a couple more five stars to unseat Alabama in the number one spot. And you just spoke to one. You wrote an article yesterday on five-star edge Damon Wilson out of Venice, Florida. Chatty told you that he knows where he's committing, just hasn't set a date yet. Who does it come down to? And what are your thoughts on Damon Wilson's recruitment? Yeah, Josh, I mean, this one's, I think, been for a couple of months now down to Georgia and Ohio State. Damon's never officially, you know, at least publicly eliminated, you know, Alabama uh, or Miami. But he did tell me on Sunday that, look, it's pretty much down to Georgia and Ohio State. And it's been that way really probably since, you know, early October. You know, he took the official visit to Ohio State first in September. There was some buzz then uh, that he could come back and commit to the Buckeyes, Georgia, and other schools held that commitment off, uh, got Damon on campus a couple of times since then. Uh, he then went back to Columbus for the Michigan game uh, on Thanksgiving weekend. It's come down to a showdown that we'll see in the playoffs, Kirby Smart versus Ryan Day. Um, I've been hinting, I think, for a couple of weeks. I liked where Georgia was at, even though um, the on three Recruiting prediction machine was still trending towards the Buckeyes, and I still feel confident that George is probably the team to beat. Uh, again, Damon says he knows where he's going. There'll be a couple of likely in-home visits with Ohio State and Georgia before he announces that decision. But right now, uh, I'm leaning towards Georgia with Damon Wilson. Georgia picks up Damon Wilson. It could sway the balance of power at the top of the recruiting ranking. So let's hit on a few of Alabama's current commitments. This weekend in Tuscaloosa, it was a little quiet, Chad. Alabama's gearing up for a big final official visit weekend. But there's a couple five stars that you've been in touch with, and I want to get your opinion on them. Five-star running back Justice Haynes, five-star safety Caleb Downs, and four-star DB Tony Mitchell. All of them are committed to Alabama, but I wouldn't say they're open, but they are listening to other programs. What's the latest on these three? Yeah, Josh, it may not be so much about who Bama closes with to keep that spot, but maybe who Bama hangs on to to right. keep that number one spot uh, in the end. But all three of those guys you just mentioned are definitely not closing that door completely just yet. You know, starting with Tony Mitchell, an in-state kid that committed to Bama, 
back in June. Um, and he's a guy that had a visit to Texas A&M the weekend before uh, the early signing period. He was, you know, took his OB to Alabama over Thanksgiving weekend. But I think the school to watch there is Auburn. I think, you know, obviously them holding on to Zach Etheridge, that's his guy. He's talked about his connection with Etheridge uh, for months now. And I think Mitchell will get back to Auburn at some point uh, between now and the time he signs. They're a school to watch. With Caleb Downs, I think Ohio State is that team to watch. He was there for the Michigan game. He was not at the Iron Bowl. And I think that speaks volumes. You know, to what extent is his interest to uh, or with Ohio State? That's kind of, you know, being kept pretty quiet right now. But I think Ohio State and Alabama will both be in his home both this week and next week leading up to signing day. And then with Justice Haynes, I think George is the team to watch. You know, George is never going to go away. He's a legacy kid. Uh, he spent time with both Georgia and Alabama while watching his good friend Caleb Downs play Friday night in the playoffs. And both Bama and Georgia will be in this week. Ohio State spent time with Haynes over the weekend as well. They'll be back in later this week also. But I think Alabama's biggest threat there for Haynes is the University of Georgia. Mm. Out of those three, which is the most flippable prospect? Man, I, I, I think you have to watch, I think, all three, you know, to be honest with you. But I, I would probably, if I had to say one, maybe lean towards Tony Mitchell. He's been a guy, I think, all along that, you know, at one time A&M was viewed as the biggest threat. I think now Auburn's become that threat uh, for Alabama. Didn't Caleb Downs kind of say that he was solidified after his recent playoff game? Yeah, but so did Haynes last week, and Mitchell will say the same on record too. But look, we know not just Alabama commits, but commits across the country. You know, nothing's ever final until these guys sign that letter of intent. So, yeah, guys, I mean, Downs is very calculated, super smart. He knows what to say, as does Haynes and Tony Mitchell. But those guys all are keeping one ear open and keeping, you know, teams, I think Alabama, maybe a little restless here late. Yeah, you know the old saying in recruiting, it's not what I say, it's who's doing in-home visits with me. No, that's not really a saying, but it's kind of how <laughs> recruiting goes down the stretch. Yeah, can't always take recruits at their word. Uh, actions speak very loud as well. Speaking of action, Miami continues to be aggressive on the recruiting trail. Over the weekend, Mario Cristobal and his staff flipped UNC three-star defensive line commitment Joshua Horton. He is now a cane. Uh, Mario Cristobal is not done. We know that they have a couple major targets still on the board. But over the weekend, we also saw some new offers go out. What does this mean to you in, in, when it comes to Miami recruiting, Chad? I think anytime you see new offers go out late in the process, Josh, I think it shows the confidence level in that staff of maybe who they could potentially land as far as their major targets. Now, I do think, you know, Joshua Horton is a great flip for them on the defensive line. Um, they had a coach at his game Friday night, the D-line coach, and Miami's been very heavy in his recruitment. And then they're still out there, I think, in you know, at least a decent spot for a guy like Damari Brown, a Miami legacy, a cornerback from American Heritage and Plantation. And then, of course, Samson Okunlola. We've talked about him multiple times. I think it likely comes down to, in the end, Miami and Florida, based on what I'm hearing right now. But, yeah, there's other players involved. I think Miami will be – very active in the transfer portal as well. So uh, Miami, like you said, far from done. Will it be new names that emerge late? Will it be transfer portal guys? Or will it be guys like Damari and Samson that they close out with in the next couple of weeks? 
Just your opinion on Samson. He took three official visits so far, but all three were in the summer, June and July. He hasn't taken an official visit since. He has two remaining. There's only one weekend left until the early signing period. Do you see Samson Okunlola taking a visit this weekend anywhere? I mean, he has a lot of people scratching their head. I'll say that about kind of just what's going on. He was supposed to be at Ohio State, right? Uh, whether it be for an official or unofficial. The weekend they played Michigan didn't make it. He left this weekend, opened on his calendar, didn't go anywhere. Uh, you know, he did trip to Florida unofficially for a couple of day trip, uh, multi day trip with his family. Um, and that could speak volumes if he does not go anywhere else between now and the time he signs or makes that decision. I know there's certain people in his ear, in his ear about making a decision sooner than later. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I think still come down to likely more than likely Florida and Miami. He, he leaves the Northeast, goes to the Sunshine State more than likely for the Gators or the Hurricanes. But nobody really knows if he'll trip anywhere else between now and the time he makes that decision. Well, if he doesn't take any other trips, I think I like where Florida sits in this recruitment. Is that on point? Yeah, I think it's, it's them. I think them and Miami. Miami's been definitely the heavy favorite since that trip to Miami uh, over the summer. But again, when he went down to the swamp with his parents, with his family for a multi-day unofficial visit. Now, Florida would love to get them back for an official this weekend or next weekend, but nothing's set up right now as we record this. And again, I would probably give the Gators a slight edge for Samson at the moment, but Miami's still very deep in this race. You have your pick, your, you have your RPM pick in for Miami currently? Yeah. Could that change yeah. between now and signing day? Oh, definitely. I think, you know, for me, I like to feel a little more confident before changing it, maybe going and changing it back and stuff like that. But yeah, my confidence maybe is not near as strong now about Miami as it was when I placed that pick in on the RPM uh, earlier this year. All right, let's stay in Gainesville. I want to keep talking Gator recruiting. Uh, They had a couple official visitors in. Some of them were committed prospects that have been committed to them for a while. But there's two there that I was interested in, two uncommitted prospects. One five-star Desmond Ricks and also four-star defensive lineman Jordan Hall. Uh, Just kind of reset these recruitments for me and tell me what you think, where these guys are leaning. You know, obviously with Ricks, he was a big story late in the season, obviously reclassifying, getting down to three schools, setting up the official visits. He moved the Bama visit from Thanksgiving weekend back to this coming weekend now in the middle of Florida and LSU. Uh, The buzz out of the swamp over the weekend is that Florida, according to one source, made a pretty significant move for Desmond Ricks. Now, what is that? Is that coming off the visit high, you know, over the weekend, them meeting with Des and they show him? You know, the plan to come in and play early, the NIL deals in play, the potential there at the University of Florida. He does speak very highly about Corey Raymond. Uh, The family likes Raymond. They like Billy Napier's structure, uh, the plan for the program. Uh, So I think based on what I've heard over the last 24 or so hours coming off that the end of the official visit, Florida's probably in a better spot now than they were heading into the weekend. But again, uh, LSU still looks to be the one to beat and they get the final visit. So let's see how this plays out next weekend in Alabama, then in Baton Rouge right before the early signing period with Jordan Hall. He's at Florida this past weekend, then at Georgia for his final visit um, this coming weekend. I think Alabama, LSU, Florida, Georgia all have some level 
of confidence that they're in play for Jordan Hall. But I still, based on what I'm hearing, still think Georgia is the team to beat. There'll be some key in-home visits this week and maybe even next week before a decision is made. But Georgia's been the favorite since the summer. They get the what's likely the final official visit from Jordan Hall. But again, there's some confidence there at Florida, at Alabama, and LSU. The visit went very well from what I'm told uh, with Jordan Hall and his family. But again, I give the slight edge to the University of Georgia late in this race for Jordan Hall. All right. Tennessee lost their offensive coordinator, Alex Golish. He was hired away by USF over the weekend. The official announcement came on Sunday. Does this present any issue for Tennessee when it comes to Nico Imaliava or any of the other offensive targets that they have committed? No. I mean, Josh Heupel has been very much involved. The offense still runs through him. Yeah, Golish is you know, a big part. Nico had a good connection there, good relationship there, mm -hmm. no doubt about that. But Heupel's been very hands-on with Nico and multiple guys in this class. I think that's a big part of why Tennessee's had some success. I mean, they do like Heupel. They connect with Heupel, especially on the offensive side. Uh, but yeah, Tennessee has nothing to worry about as far as Nico. He'll be there. He'll be there in January. And I think he'll be on the field playing a lot of meaningful minutes next fall. All right. Well, Tennessee did have an official visitor on campus of importance. Linebacker Arian Carter, the recent decommitment from Memphis, four-star linebacker out of Tennessee. Um, he decommitted from Memphis about a month ago. His recruitment has been red hot, picking up offers from Alabama, Miami, Tennessee, among others. What are you hearing come out of this trip to Tennessee? You know, here's some good news for Tennessee. You know, heading into the weekend, um, Alabama was the clear favorite. I had a, one source even tell me 75-25, pretty strong Alabama's way. Uh, that's very close to uh, Arian Carter. But I think this weekend made this race quite a bit more interesting here late. Now, Alabama gets the final visit. Alabama's with him today uh, doing an in-home visit. So uh, they want to kind of try to cut into that momentum uh, Tennessee grabbed over the weekend. But uh, Carter was there with his family, um, fellow Tennessee commit, Caleb Herring, a good friend of Carter's who played 707 with him, spent the weekend there. Uh, Herring brought his family to hang out with Carter's family to make it that much more personable, uh, more of that family feel. And I'll give a lot of credit here to Josh Heupel as well. He took over as the lead recruiter here. And he's not a, an offensive guy like a Nico. Right. He's a defensive linebacker, in-state target. And I think that's what's brought Tennessee back in this race as Carter's connection with Heupel. They talk about a lot of things outside of football. Uh, they can stay on the phone for hours, I'm told, and hold those meaningful conversations. And from what I'm told, this weekend could not have gone better for both Carter and Tennessee. Now, Alabama gets the last shot. Let's see what happens this coming weekend. But this race got much, much tighter, I'm told, over the weekend. Should be a fascinating race down to the finish line. Chad, thanks for checking in with us on the Inside Scoop. We'll talk to you on Thursday. It's going to be a fun few weeks, Josh. All right, my man. See you later. All right. We are going to try something new here on the Inside Scoop. I don't know if this is good, but I've opened up the Inside Scoop to the people. You can submit me questions on Twitter, and I will answer them here on the show my producer, Sumner Darlington, should have it queued up right now. Sumner? What's going on, Josh? What's up? What do we have today? All right, we've got a question from Gucci7383. He wants to know, 
which highly ranked player is most likely to flip schools before national signing Ooh. day? Which highly ranked player? All right. Let me start at the top. I'll give you like three or four names that I have on my personal flip watch between now and signing day. First, I'd go with five-star defensive lineman David Hicks. He's the number one overall defensive lineman in the country, committed to Texas A&M, but I think he could flip to one of the O's, meaning Oregon or Oklahoma, most likely Oklahoma. So he's on my flip watch. That's one. Uh, another would be Caden Proctor, five-star offensive tackle committed to Iowa. Oregon is also in pursuit, and I think that there's a good chance that we could see Caden Proctor flip to Oregon. Who else is on my flip watch? Uh, let's go with five-star safety Peyton Bowen out of Texas. He's been committed to Notre Dame for almost a year now, so I hate to say it, but I think Peyton Bowen's going to flip to Oklahoma. And then I'll give you one more um, wide receiver, five-star wide receiver, Brandon Innes. He is committed to Ohio State. I have him on general flip watch right now. I don't want to say that Dion's going to be a factor or that I would watch out for Colorado, but I'm just, I'm just watching Brandon Innes as we get a little bit closer to signing day. Um, I don't want to, I don't want to cause too much of a stir. So I'll just leave it at those four. I think I gave you four. So let's uh, let's keep this thing moving. Going to bring on national recruiting analyst Sam Spiegelman. Before we get into Dion at Colorado, there was just some breaking news that came across my desk from our own Matt Zenitz of On3. He reports that Scott Satterfield just informed the Louisville team that he will be taking the Cincinnati job. So naturally, my brain goes straight to recruiting, and I realize that Louisville has a five-star commitment. The number two running back in America out of the state of Texas, Reuben Owens, has been committed to Louisville for a while. What do you think this news does to his commitment? And also, who were the teams pursuing him before his commitment to the Cardinals? Yeah, that's, um, that's, your brain is taking you to the right place, Josh. Uh, Reuben Owens surprised all of us when he committed out of state, a guy that was wanted by TCU, Texas A&M, and the Longhorns. Um, very badly, by the way, a record-setting running back um, out of El Campo, just about an hour south of Houston. But Reuben Owens committed to Louisville. Um, teammates with Pierce Clarkson um, seemed to be a big fan of Scott Satterfield and the offensive blueprint they had in place over there with a lot of reinforcements that would come in and play pretty quickly at Louisville. Um, and you've seen that Ruben Owens has kind of stood by his commitment despite other teams being rumored to be in pursuit because they have not stopped communicating with Ruben. Uh, but he has stood by Scott Satterfield, who is now the head coach at Cincinnati, like you mentioned. Um, I think this is going to become a, a two-team race. Uh, Texas A&M and TCU are the two notable teams to watch. I think he was leaning toward TCU before he committed to Louisville about a week later. Um, obviously, TCU is the number three team in the country and had a sensational season. But even before that, Sonny Dykes and, and that entire staff knew what, what kind of talent Ruben Owens is, um, obviously what he means to the state of Texas, and we're recruiting him at SMU and then at TCU. And then Texas A&M has been very careful not to recruit other running backs um, Jimbo Fisher and Tommy Robinson have been after Ruben Owens since they've been at Texas A&M. Um, I think that they eventually moved ahead of Texas among the in-state schools at a certain point. Um, they have not offered some of the best running backs in the state that have their recruitments have opened up um, in the last couple of months. And I think that they've kept an eye on Owens, and we'll see if that 
turns into a visit here down the stretch. Wow, what perfect timing for those sharks in Texas. Um, when it comes to Owens, do you think that he was committed to Louisville because of Scott Satterfield? Or do you think he was committed to Louisville because of maybe the potential NIL deals with Adidas down the road? Yeah, I think I think it's a combination. They were very keen on on the business interests of these schools. TCU and Texas A&M are, are obviously two of the in-state schools that, you know, check boxes in terms of NIL. And the same goes for Louisville. And, um, you know, I think that they believed in the, the future there. And then certainly I think you give whoever they name as the head coach and whoever is the offensive coordinator a chance to uh, to reconnect with Owens and his family. Um at the same time, they're going to be playing from behind with the relationships being at Texas A&M and TCU have been there for, for so many years. Um, I do think it opens things up a little bit more. And Satterfield was kind of that, that bridge to Louisville, um, no longer there. Well, Owens was most likely going to sign during the early period. So what do you think the next move is for him? I think we need to figure out where he's going to visit. Um, I would expect TCU to get him on campus. I'd expect A&M to try to get him on campus. And I would expect Louisville to try to get him on campus again, um, before, you know, after they, they figure out who their, their coaching staff is going to be. I could see him take this to February, but, um, you know, he's been in, intent to sign in December. And, you know, we're only two weeks away at this point. So he becomes one of the more mysterious recruitments to watch down the stretch, Josh. All right. It'll be fun to watch. Speaking of fun to watch, over the weekend, we got a big announcement. Coach Prime, Deion Sanders, announced at Colorado, and instantly the college football world was buzzing. I spoke to a source at Colorado that tells me that since Sunday morning, more than 200 recruits or portal transfers have reached out to the program, some of them being four and five star caliber players. The source told me, quote, I've never seen anything like this in my time here, end quote. Sam, is Dion going to be able to compete for some of the top players in the country this year, next year? What do you, what's your opinion on Dion at Colorado? Yes, and yes, and yes. Um, I think first he's going to make uh, an instant impact in the transfer portal. Um, you know, from talking to, to high school coaches from some kids around the country that completely, you know, not involved, maybe they are committed or signed or, or they might be current college players. They just have a, a connection to Dion or recruited or heard stories in and out. Um, and there's there's still a feeling that kids kids relate to Dion Sanders, his, his energetic, um, charismatic coaching style that that just resonates with kids that in this age group, in this generation. Um, and, and sure, you know, Colorado isn't the Alabama or Ohio State or Georgia of the world where, you know, sometimes the program sells itself. But if you have the opportunity to play for Deion Sanders, who not only brings that charisma that I just spoke about, but, you know, I think he brings a lot of NIL potential because he's featured on NFL Network and he's an endorser for, for several big time brands around the country. Um, that's what kind of got the hype around Jackson State to be. Uh, a thought to a reality. And I think he's going to do the same at Colorado. I don't think it'll be instant, but I think transfer portal, like you mentioned, is already going to become a hot destination. Monday is the first day that they can start getting offers. And I'd expect that to happen pretty quickly because Dion has, I think, been putting together the staff for a couple of days already before he even took the job. So he's ready to hit the ground running like he did at Jackson State when he flipped Travis Hunter, as you know. Um, and at this point, I do think he'll be recruiting at a higher level. Maybe at this time next year on this show, we'll be talking about them in contention for four or five stars, some of the best uncommitted and committed guys in the country. Yeah. Dion brings it all. He's a very unique 
higher because you don't see a lot of these guys come with everything that Dion comes with. He comes with the hype. He comes with the culture. He comes with the players. He comes with the coaching staff. He speaking of players, I mean, at Dion's press conference, he introduced Colorado to their next starting quarterback. So that kind of brings us to the transfer portal. Shador Sanders, the quarterback at Jackson State and Dion's son was literally introduced at the press conference. Um, so like you said, I think the staff has been being worked on behind the scenes for the last couple of days. I think some of these transfers that are going to come with them have been being worked on for the last couple of days. I'm hearing that there could be up to 10 players that come with Dion from Jackson state. Obviously Shador Sanders is one. Now this isn't necessarily inside Intel from Travis Hunter's camp, but just talking to several college coaches from around the country, I fully expect Travis Hunter to be at Colorado. It's not really a question of if in my mind, it's more of a question of when. And if you think that the hype is at a, at a peak right now, just wait till Travis Hunter's in Boulder, Colorado. Um, <laughs> it's going to be fun. The transfer portals hopping starting today. We've already seen USF speedster, Jimmy Horn, who's in the transfer portal is one of the fastest wide receivers in the country. Just moments after Dion's press conference, he was already naming Colorado among his top four. Uh, are there any other names, Sam, that you've seen out there that, Hey, you think might have a connection or just be a good fit at Colorado? Yeah, well, one name that just caught my mind, given that Dion was also a high school coach in DFW for some time, I think that he has those longstanding connections, and, and Shadur, for that matter, a quarterback who was, you know, won a state championship at the TAPS level in DFW. Terrell Tillman is from Mansfield. He's from Oregon. He put his name in the transfer portal last night. That's definitely a, a regional connection to, to keep an eye on, because um, I think Dion's going to sell these guys on playing and playing early, like you mentioned. Um, he wants to restock the roster with ready-to-play-now players. Um, but but thinking about it, you know, being at Jackson State, he's recruited at a national level this past year. And I think, you know, you're going to see names from Atlanta. You're going to see names in Florida. You're going to see names in Texas. And you're going to see some of these four- and five-star guys like Winston Watkins at IMG Academy um, committing to play for Dion and, and hitting in the transfer portal. Those, I think we're just starting to see the name that's still early on Monday. We've already seen a ton over the weekend. Trying to keep track is insane. And I think today the floodgates are about to open. Yeah, how about that? Winston Watkins goes down as Deion Sanders' first commitment. Now, he's a 2025 prospect. An elite prospect, doesn't have a ranking yet, but will be most likely in that four-star, high four-star range when it, when it starts the uh, 2025 rankings. Uh, you mentioned Texas. California, do you think that Dion's going to really be able to get in there right away and compete against Texas, compete against AM, compete against TCU for some of these top prospects? I think it'll take a little bit of time at the high school level. Um, you know, because he's in Colorado, I am most curious to see how he goes out and recruits in the West Coast. Um, the Pac 12 is, is at a really high point right now, with obviously USC and Utah just played in the Pac-12 championship and Oregon is, is a contender under Dan Landing and Washington seems to be on the up and up. Um, so I'm curious to see how Dion fares out West, but I do think obviously he has a lot of ties in the South in the state of Texas. I think like, like, like you mentioned, some kids are putting Colorado in their top four or five and that that's usually how it starts. Um, it takes a couple of dominoes to fall. And if Travis Hunter makes that decision, if Winston Watkins holds his commitment and a few pieces along the way, momentum, 
quickly catches. It's very infectious in recruiting. Um, and I think players are going to want to play for Dion. They're going to want to play for a coach that's like that. Um, we are in a different era, so it'll be curious to see how Colorado gets their NIL um, mm-hmm. secured to, to compete with the big guns around the country. But I think Dion offers a lot in that department in himself. And I think he wouldn't have went to Colorado if there wasn't a plan in place. So I think Colorado will be getting four-star recruits. I think they'll be putting themselves in the top group for a lot of these blue chippers in the, on 300. And I think first and foremost, they're going to start kicking butt on the transfer portal. All right. Well, Sam, you and I, we're going to keep covering Colorado recruiting. It seems fun. We should make a trip out there, man. I hear it's great. All right. On your dime. All right. Let's move on to another hot topic. Four-star 2024 QB DJ Lagway is set to make his decision on Thursday. I promise, guys, this is the last time we're going to talk on the inside scoop about an uncommitted DJ Lagway. The next time we talk about DJ Lagway, he will be committed. But, Sam, you've been my guy when it comes to all things DJ Lagway. And you wrote a story on Sunday with maybe a little twist at the end for this recruitment. Yeah. Um, after after Florida had the coaches at Willis High School, which, again, it seems to be a two-team race between Florida and USC, USC might have just evened the plane one more time, one more twist before the big decision ahead this week by offering DJ a scholarship to also play baseball. I know we talk about him as – the top uncommitted 2024 quarterback on 300 number seven overall player, but he's also a talented baseball player, Florida, Oklahoma, LSU, and now USC are among the, the schools that have offered him not only to play quarterback, but to play on the baseball team. Um, from what I understand, this has and continues to be a, a big point of, of, of interest in his recruitment. Um, I can tell you that that offer, you know, he was proud to, to let us know about that USC baseball offer last night. Um, there was a point where Oklahoma seemed to might have had a leg up when they were the first to offer him a baseball scholarship. So I do think that this kind of, again, evens the plane. Florida, USC, let's not rule out Baylor. Let's not rule out A&M. Let's not rule out Clemson for that matter. But it seems to be a two-team race. And I, at this point, it's, it's, a, it's a coin flip at this point going into DJ's decision. We'll flip your coin one last time. Who you got? My pick is on Florida. Um, last week I did move the confidence level to, to represent a coin flip at 50%. Um, I think Florida has been the team to beat, and I think USC has really made a late run that has him and his family thinking. Um, so it's, it's, a, it's a classic you know, dilemma whether he's going to go with what he thinks he knows or what's kind of trending at the moment. Either way, I could, I could make a case for either one. Um, right now I'm thinking Florida, but I would not be the least bit surprised to see him commit to Lincoln Riley and the Trojans this week. All right. Well, only a few more days and then we'll find out, uh, before I let you go, I want to check in on a, on a couple more five stars in the state of Texas. Let's go back to the 2023 class. I noticed that five-star linebacker, the number one ranked linebacker in America, Anthony Hill and five-star defensive lineman, David Hicks, the number one ranked defensive lineman in America. They didn't go anywhere this weekend. Uh, We've been talking about putting them on, well, David Hicks on flip watch. Anthony Hill recently decommitted from Texas A&M. But just we're getting down to it. What does the fact that neither of these guys took a visit this week and tell you about their recruitments? Yeah, I think starting with with David Hicks, you know, he's been to Oregon. He's been to Oklahoma on an official visit. And then he went back to Texas A&M. So A&M's biggest win of the season against LSU um, Thanksgiving weekend. We've talked about on the show. He had his entire family um, in attendance at Kyle Field. And I think that there's a level of confidence 
Um, I'm not, you know, I, I've reached out to the to camp. There's been no sign that they have visits scheduled for this month. They might still be thinking about that, but I like where A&M sits with Hicks. Um, I think that Oregon and Oklahoma haven't gone anywhere, but I don't think that he's going to get back to campus. So if he's going to make a decision, he's going to be doing it at home from Katy. Um, and, and right now I like where A&M stands. His dad recently became the head coach at Katy Paytow mm-hmm. um, in the Houston area. I think that only digs in a little bit deeper for Texas A&M because dad is staying close to home. So I think David, who's a family kind of kid, is going to want to be close to his dad and his mom. So I think Texas A&M gives that unique advantage. And then for Anthony Hill, he's talked about visiting Ohio State. He's talked about visiting Alabama, but that's a theme from his recruitment. Um, you know, he's talked about seeing a lot of schools, but ultimately he's shown up mostly at Texas A&M and Texas. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if he's back at Texas at some point in December. Um, I think Texas is in the driver's seat, just waiting to close with Hill, um, which would be just another, you know, huge domino that at one point was, was committed elsewhere. Now in Texas class with John Day Cook, yeah. with Colton Vasek, with, of course, Arch Manning. It's a really good haul for Steve Sarkeesian this year. All right. So much stuff to keep an eye on. We'll be back on Thursday. Thank you, Sam. Thank you, Josh. See ya. Thank you for watching. Make sure you smash that subscribe button for me. And remember to check out all the videos on the On3 YouTube page.